This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. So let every thought, every desire, affirm that you have what you've asked for. Think in line with God's Word. Now again, the reason this is so important is if you don't think in line with God's Word, you won't talk in line with God's Word. Now let me, before we go any further, as a matter of fact, I want you to, uh, why don't you go ahead and turn your Bibles to Numbers chapter 13. Here's one of the greatest Bible examples of controlling your thoughts and speaking in line with God's Word that we have record of in all of Scripture. But let me tell you this. You can't control what thoughts come to your mind. And so often the devil will bring a thought of doubt to you and then try to make you feel condemned because it's your thought, telling you it's your thought. Well, it's only your thought if you accept it and and begin to consider it. It's just like this. You can't control who knocks on your front door. But it's up to you who you invite into the living room. That's the way thoughts work when the devil brings them. You can't stop him from bringing a thought of doubt to you. But you can decide whether or not you'll entertain that thought of doubt. Now, we all know that the Bible says in several places, both Old Testament and New Testament, that we walk by faith and not by sight. This is why this is so important is because your thoughts control what you see. So you'll walk according to what you see, whether it's from the spirit realm or from the natural realm. Walking by sight is referring to walking according to the circumstances or what we see and feel in the natural realm. Walking by faith is seeing something with your spiritual eye that your natural eye can't see. Now in Numbers chapter 13, I love this story. It tells about how God brought the children of Israel to the promised land. Now, you remember the the story earlier about uh, or what had happened previously when God had delivered Israel out of the bondage of Egypt. He did the plagues in Egypt, the ten plagues in Egypt, and and showed his power to his people. Then he came to the place where Pharaoh finally said, okay, go get out of here. We don't want to see you anymore. And so they started off on their journey, but then Pharaoh changed his mind and decided he wanted to kill everybody. So that brings them to the Red Sea. And God provided, performed one of the greatest miracles at the hands of Moses that we have record of in all of Scripture. He parted the Red Sea. He created a barrier between Israel and Pharaoh's armies so that Israel could walk across on dry ground. And when Pharaoh's armies chased after him into the sea, the waters came back together and drowned them all. Now, following that, God takes them into the, toward the promised land. He's given them the law. They get to Mount Sinai and he gives them the law. They're already messing up. They, they you know, want the golden calf and Aaron does that for them and all the whole story surrounding that. But they come to the place where the promised land is just across the Jordan River. So Moses elects, at the instruction of God, Moses elects 12 people, one person from each of the 12 tribes of Israel, to go into the promised land to spy out the land. Now Moses' intent is for these 12 spies to go in and figure out what the best way to take the land would be. But they come back, the 12 spies come back to the children of Israel 
after spending 40 days in the promised land looking it over and they're carrying the fruit of the land from the brook of Eskel they're bringing back a cluster of grapes that they put on a pole and carry between two guys so I assume that means this was a huge cluster of grapes that they've never seen before it was certainly something that they wanted the people to witness for themselves so it represented the abundance of the land they brought back pomegranates and other fruit that they found and the 12 spies said together that this is a land that's flowing with milk and honey just like God said. But then they're divided. Ten of the twelve spies want to say something else about the land. Now remember the difference between walking by faith and walking by sight. Because you're going to see the perfect example here. Two of them are walking by faith. Ten of them are walking by sight. So we'll start reading in uh, verse 27, Numbers chapter 13. And they told him and said, We came into the land whether thou sentest us, and surely it flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Now these are the ten spies speaking in uh, unison, or one is speaking on behalf of the ten, or whatever the case is. Nevertheless, verse 28, Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw these children of Anak there. Now folks, that's a fact. They haven't done anything wrong yet. They're just simply saying, you sent us into the land to spy it out. Here's what we found. It's a land that flows with milk and honey, but there are cities with walls around them, and the children of Anak are there. They haven't done anything wrong yet, but they're working themselves up to it. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Again, they haven't said anything that's wrong so far. They're just telling what the circumstances are that exist in the promised land. But now notice what it says. This gives us a little picture of what's taking place among the people. It says, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses. Why does it tell us that Caleb stilled the people? What does that mean? It means he's quieting them down. I want you to notice what's happening as the ten spies are telling the circumstances of the land that they found. The people are starting to get agitated. Folks, you need to understand something. This is a principle. This is the way God made us. The more you talk about the circumstances, the more agitated you're going to get. You want to walk in peace, the peace of God? Don't talk to circumstances. Caleb stilled the people. He quietened them down. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It, was a land, it is a land that flows with milk and honey. That's true. And there are people there and there are cities with walls around them. The Malachites and all these other people are there. Sure. But. Notice Caleb steals the people. He gets back over to something else that he sees. Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. Now, Caleb and Joshua are the two two of the 12 spies that saw everything that the other 10 did. But they saw it through a different filter. They saw it in a different way. They're really looking at the land as the land that God said was theirs. The 10 spies apparently went into the land waiting to see what they were going to find. I don't know what they were expecting. Were they expecting a desert? Were they expecting a land where nobody lived? God had already told Moses that that wasn't the case. He told Moses what the land was that he was leading them to. He told them about the Malachites and the 
Amorites and the Hittites and the Jebusites. He told them that all those people were there. They knew this. This is not new information. Maybe it was the walls around the city of Jericho that freaked them out. I don't know. But whatever it was, they're letting the circumstances become bigger in their eyes than what God said about the land being theirs. But not Caleb and Joshua. Caleb steals the people, quiets them down and says, let's go up and take it right away. Let's quit wasting time. We've been in the wilderness long enough. It's taken us two and a half years to get from Egypt to this place. I'm ready to settle down. Let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to, to possess it. It doesn't matter how big the, the walls of the city around. It doesn't matter how big the walls are around the city of Jericho. Don't you remember what God did to the Red Sea? If he can part the Red Sea, he can part the walls. See, Caleb sees something different. Caleb's walking by faith. Caleb's walking according to what God said. What did God say? The promised land is yours. Caleb looks at these people as trespassers. He looks at the Amalekites and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Canaanites as trespassers on his land. That's a good way to look at things. So he steals the people and says, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome them. But the men, here's the, 12, here's the 10 of the 12. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. Now notice the progression that takes place here. They start off telling what they saw in the land. Land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the fruit of it. Man, it's a good place. Not a problem there. Circumstances are lining up with God's word. Speaking those circumstances is okay. Then he says, but the people that live there have cities with walls around them and they're strong and a lot of people and big trouble and so forth. You can see that the circumstances are starting to affect their thinking. But so far they haven't spoken out against God. But when Caleb speaks up and says, let's go take the land because we're able to overcome it. God's on our side. So it doesn't matter what's in there. Doesn't matter who the people are. Doesn't matter what the walls are around the city. None of that stuff matters because God's already told us it's ours. That's when the 10 speak up and say what they've been looking at for the last number of days. They've been looking at the circumstances and allowing the circumstances to determine what they see on the inside. They said, we are not able to overcome it because the people are stronger than us. Now, can I ask you a question? Was that ever in question? Whether the people were stronger than them? Wasn't Pharaoh's army stronger than them? Why does that matter? I mean, unless they're going to fight them themselves without God's help, what difference would that make? So they said, we can't do it. Now they've rebelled against God. Saying that you can't do what the Bible says is already yours is rebelling against God. We'll see it. Let's keep reading. But the men that went up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report. What's the evil report? Saying that they couldn't do what God said that they could. Can I ask you a question? Isn't that what the devil says to you constantly? That you can't have what the Bible says is yours? 
that you can't do what Jesus said you could do? That's all he talks is evil reports. All he speaks is things contrary to the word. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched under the children of Israel saying, the land through which we have gone up to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw, notice how many times it speaks of what they saw. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Notice what they're defining and identifying their situation. They're telling what the problem is. They're saying we let the things that we saw in the promised land affect how we see ourselves and our enemies and our abilities on the inside. What you think determines what you see and what you see determines what you say. Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing. Jesus said the kingdom of God is as a man speaking the word of God into his heart. You exercising your authority in the name of Jesus by whom you have access into the kingdom of heaven to say that for you, you are free from the influence of sickness and disease. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. That's why the rule in keeping your heart from doubt is you're going to have to control your thoughts. You're going to have to control what you see on the inside. Let every thought and desire affirm that you have what you've asked for. Never permit a mental picture of failure or defeat to enter your mind. Never. If doubts persist, rebuke them. And they will persist. Rebuke them. Remove every thought that contradicts the word of God and the answer to your prayer. Resist it and replace it with what the word says. Now, in order to do that, you're going to have to meditate constantly on the scriptures that you base your prayer on. Meditate constantly on those scriptures that you base your prayer on. The devil wants to change everything you see about yourself and about your situation because he's after your words. Remember, you're governed by your words. The, the rest of this story is very simply this. Joshua speaks up in chapter 14. The congregation begins to cry about it. They lifted up their voice and wept all night in verse 1 of chapter 14. Joshua speaks up. He's the other of the two spies, two of the 12, Caleb, which Caleb and Joshua who were men of faith. Joshua spoke up and said, if the Lord delight in us, this is verse 8 of chapter 14, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Now, what is, it, what is going to determine whether or not God delights in them? 
whether or not they walk according to his word, whether or not they speak his word and believe his word and act on his word. That's what brings results. James said it this way, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, for the doer of the word is blessed in his deed. How do you do the word? Well, you believe it, you accept it, you speak it, and you act on it. You do what it says to do. That's all it takes to delight in God, for God to delight in you. That's all it takes. Just stick, hold fast to the word. So he said, if the Lord delight in us, then he'll bring us into this land and give it unto us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Verse 9, only rebel not against the Lord. How are they rebelling against the Lord? By speaking evil, which is doubt and unbelief. Hebrews, in referring back to this story, says, Take heed that there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief, as was in this day, the day of provocation. The day of uh, the evil heart of unbelief is saying, I can't do what the Bible says I can do. The, Bible, the, the evil heart of unbelief is saying, I can't have what Jesus says is mine. It's saying, I can't receive what the Bible says belongs to me. That's an evil heart of unbelief. So if you're going to keep your heart from doubt or from unbelief, you're going to have to stop yourself from saying anything contrary to the Scripture that you based your prayer on, that you made a part of your spirit and now that you have to use, against a we- use as a weapon against the enemy. You're going to have to control your thoughts. Now, thoughts are governed by certain things. Thoughts are governed by observations, associations, and teachings. The things that you see will affect what you think and then that'll affect what you say now the next part of this keeping your heart from doubt we've talked about thinking the right things or removing the wrong thoughts from your mind how do you replace the wrong thoughts with the right thoughts well that comes back to meditating in the word meditate constantly on the scriptures that promise you what you've asked god for see yourself with the answer folks this is so important see yourself with the answer and make plans accordingly as if the answer was already a reality. Now turn with me over to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 22. Proverbs chapter 4, beginning in verse 20, it says, My son, attend unto my words. Now to attend to something means to give your attention to it. To give your attention to it. If you choose to attend church or to attend a play or attend a concert, whatever it is you choose to attend, that means you have made a determination by your will that you're not going to let anything get in the way of, a, of, of showing up at a certain time in a certain place. You're giving your attention to that. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't other options for you. doesn't mean there aren't other good things that you could choose to do instead. But you've chosen what is most important for you or that which meets your desire. And so you give your full attention to that so that you're at the right place at the right time. Well, when it comes to the fight of faith, when it comes to walking with God, the word of God is the right place at the right time. So the word of God is being is given to us. My son, attend to my words. Give your attention to my words. Doesn't mean there aren't other things you can't think about. Doesn't mean there aren't other things that you could say instead. It doesn't mean there aren't other things that you could occupy yourself with doing. Some of those you could even tell yourself would be good things. But if you're going to be successful in your walk with God, if you're going to be successful in winning the fight of faith, 
It's a fight of faith. It's going to be a good fight for you. And for me, the only good fight there is is the one I win. I don't enjoy being in a contest that costs me a lot and I have to exert a lot of energy and I don't win. Losing is not an option spiritually. So when Paul talked about fight the good fight of faith, he's got to be talking about a winning fight, doesn't he? I mean, Paul's not a loser. He's not of the attitude that so much of the world seems to be now that it's the competition that matters. Paul wasn't into participation trophy spiritually. He was into victories. So my son, attend to my words. Give attention to my words. How do you do that? Well, first of all, you incline your ear into his sayings. You listen to what the word of God says. Now, this is not talking about it being the only thing that you listen to. It's talking about it being the final word for you. There are many voices in the air, Paul told us, and none are without signification. You know as well as I do that the devil is always there to tell you something that contradicts the word. Well, what are you going to incline your ear to? You've got God's word, which he leaves up to you to speak to yourself. And you've got the devil, which will speak doubt and unbelief continually. You know, it's an interesting thing. Doubt and unbelief are almost default positions for most of the church world. Because the devil is there all the time reminding you of reasons why the word of God won't work. But God's word is not that way. Notice the Holy Ghost does not treat the word of God the same way the devil treats doubt and unbelief. The Holy Ghost is not always there reminding you of the word. He leaves that up to you. And it's not going to happen unless you choose to make it happen. And this is the place, I don't know how God does it. God has to put up with so much junk from so many of his children Questioning, why did God let this happen? Why did God do this? Why is this happening to me? And so on and so forth. And God gives you a means, a vehicle, a way for success in every situation. But it takes work. And too many Christians, unfortunately, are not willing to put in the work. They'd rather sit back and complain. They'd rather sit back and and say, God, I don't know why this is happening to me. I asked you to heal my body. Well, the Bible says in Psalm 107, verse 20, that he sent his word and healed them. In other words, healing comes through the word. Well, I don't want it that way, Pastor Mike. I just want to ask God and have him do it. That's like going to the lottery office and saying, I don't want to pick the numbers. I just want the money. But when Christians do things like that, they're asking God to violate his word. Well, God can't answer a prayer like that. How is he supposed to answer that kind of prayer? Lord, healing is through your word. Healing is received by faith, but I don't want to have to believe you for anything. I just want you to do it for me. Now, if you want success, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Listen to what I say about it. God's word is the final authority. We have the privilege of making it the final authority for us. Let them, my words, here's the point that I was trying to get to. Let them, my words, not depart from before your eyes. Now, that does not mean keep your face in the Bible all day long. 
It means see yourself with what the Bible says is yours. See, if you're believing for healing and the devil's telling you you can't have it, but you choose to meditate on the word of God and attend to his word instead, then if you're meditating on the word of God that says Jesus took your infirmities and bore your sicknesses and with, your, with his stripes you were healed, then it would be impossible for you not to see yourself well. The more you say what God's word says about you and about your healing and about your situation, the bigger and bigger and bigger the picture of victory and success becomes on the inside of you. That's what I mean by see yourself with the answer. See yourself with the answer. See yourself with what God's word promises. Make preparations for victory. My son, attend unto my words, incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from before your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. How do you keep something in the midst of your heart? Well, again, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 12, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the way you keep the word of God in your heart is continue to say it. And the more you say it, the more your picture of victory and success builds on the inside of you. The more you see yourself with the answer. That's how you keep your heart from doubt is by keeping the word of God in your mouth instead. Why do you want to do all this? Sounds like a lot of work. Verse 22, for they, my words, are life unto those that find them. Remember again what we referred to in uh, 1 Peter or 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12 where Paul said, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. He's talking about the same kind of life here. He's talking about all the blessings and all the benefits that were derived or purchased by the blood of Jesus. For they, my words, are life unto those that find them. Not everybody's going to find them, folks, because it takes work. It takes meditating in the Word. It takes speaking the Word of God. It takes thinking in line with the Word of God. It takes seeing yourself with the answer. But they are there to be found. For they are life unto those that find them, and health or medicine to all their flesh. Notice he goes on to say in the next verse, verse 23, Keep your heart with all diligence. Keep your heart with all diligence. Have you ever noticed nothing much works if you're not diligent at it? Keep your heart with all diligence. I remember our third step is keep your heart from doubt. Jesus said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. But shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Here it's saying keep your heart with all diligence. You have to determine to say the right things, to think the right things, to see yourself with the right things. Keep your heart with all diligence. Why do we want to do that? Because out of it are the issues of life. The issues of life. In other words, the power of God is in your words. And your words are a reflection of what's in your heart. Folks, you can determine right now, this day, that you'll never have another prayer go unanswered. Your prayer life is not supposed to be hit and miss. It's supposed to be a sure thing every time. And if you follow these steps to answer prayer, it will be. Jesus defined the prayer of faith by saying, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Don't let your circumstances take you away from believing and confessing what you prayed to receive. Thanks for watching today. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church. 
This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Never permit a mental picture of failure to be in your mind concerning that which you prayed for. If doubts persist, and they will, rebuke them. Brother Hagin used to say, eradicate every thought, every image, every dream, every impression that does not contribute to your faith. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.